Hey y'all, welcome to this week's episode of Thoughts of Peaches. This is Peaches. How you doing? So, um, this week's episode changed format a bit because I ended up sitting down and watching the Craft Legacy with um, Arsene and Raymond. So we had a lovely discussion after the movie going over some of the talking points um, about our thoughts and opinions on the movie. We have some slightly different points of views and last feelings, but with a nice discussion about some of the plot points in the new movie. So get ready for that. I'm going to give a little bit of backstory on my individual opinions between the two movies first, then you'll hear us have our little conversation after we watch it together. All right, get ready. Okay. So anybody that knows me knows that I have a very pronounced affinity to um, the occult and the supernatural and stuff like that I have since I was a child. And The Craft is one of those movies that I hold very near and dear to my heart because it's a cult classic that speaks to the generation that I am in, that I grew up in. Um, It shows each girl's affinity to magic having a connection to some occurrence in their life or something going on in their life. Um, Rochelle played by Rachel true has it has come to it as a way to deal with the racism. She deals with being the only minority in a predominantly white environment, as you can see through the movie, um, Sarah. Oh God, I forgot the woman's name, but Sarah comes to it as a natural witch who is looking for explanations to where she comes from and why these weird things keep happening to her. Bonnie comes to it as a way to deal with her her self-image and her perception of what her scars mean and dealing with how teenagers deal with things that are different. And Nancy comes to it from the most complicated place of wanting to be better in her life but also a place of seeking revenge to those who have mistreated her in a somewhat extreme form you get a lot more character development between what happens to nancy's transformation and sarah coming into her powers more so than you get with um bonnie and rachel but you get to see a background on all four characters and see where they're coming from and how their journey goes throughout the movie you also learn about a lot of the principles that are very prominent in occult culture that do relate to life like be careful what you wish for or this is a perfect example of the saying from spider-man with great power comes great responsibility and learning that there are consequences to your actions if you don't think them out um when you get to the second movie, I call this the Disney effect to a certain extent because it takes something dark and super sinister and kind of softens it and lightens it. So you even see that with how the second movie, Craft Legacy, is shot, where it's not as much dark, dim lighting, a lot of it's daytime stuff, bright colors, even the like glittery bathtub thing is very weird to me for what my expectation for this movie was. Additionally, you don't really get a true, true connection or throwback to the first movie till the very end of this one when you find out that the main character, Lily, is the child of Nancy Downs from the first movie, which kind of creates 
a conclusion to the movie, but also leaves it slightly open-ended because you have several questions as to does Nancy still have her powers now that the situation with um, Adam is ended? Who is Lily's father? And where are the rest of the girls? Um, you do not get a lot of character development on the rest of the girls because they kind of come into it with um, magic being almost an extracurricular activity for them. You kind of have like little shout outs to what their issues are between um, the one young lady who is the only black girl once again in the coven when she mentions the comment she wishes she had black friends and she fears for her brother's life on the daily when they're playing two truths one lie um you have the other girl who's just kind of off but i don't know exactly how to put it then the interesting one and something i will applaud the creators of this film is you created in this universe um almost a sense of normalcy for trans and gender non-conforming individuals existing in the character of Lourdes because she doesn't need to throw out the trans identity card in a very overt blunt way it's referenced a couple of times in the movie through dialogue then also when she has her moment of using her powers in a vengeful way, when the bully is harassing the um, gender non-conforming student in the hallway, and she changes the color of his outfit. So it was handled um, with care, the trans storyline, without seeming like an after-school special or a public service announcement for trans equality. Um, but even that was done very softly. The part I want to highlight most before I get to the conversation with Arsene and Raymond is the storyline of Timmy being um, the subject of the, the kind of pivotal point when the girls realize the consequences of their actions through magic and how it leads to the acknowledgement of the grand high villain in the movie as opposed to one of the girls being the ringleader of the um conflict in the sense that the girls cast a spell on him because he's very chauvinistic um misogynistic he's a bully in the school when they cast a spell on him it wasn't initially as it was in the first movie a love spell or obedience it was actually to make him a better person in life and in that breath, it caused him to become more sensitive, more open. They even called him woke to a certain extent, which led to him having his epiphany moment of coming out as a bisexual male and then having a dialogue regarding how if you are gay or straight, you tend to have more acceptance found for you and the negative connotation of bi identity that exists in society, almost to the point of bi erasure which I thought was a very good talking point for the movie, especially in the same age that we're living in, because there is almost a um, curse on the concept of bisexuality, especially when it comes to men, that there's no space for them to exist. Everybody thinks that they're just hiding that they're gay instead of acknowledging the existence of a bi identity and how that was used 
as a catalyst for Adam to consider him weak, the fact that he began to acknowledge his true higher self as it was. And in all honesty, that promoted a fear in Adam, which he equated with weakness, which completely contradicted his whole ideology for his toxic masculinity crusade and try to take the witch's power because he claimed that they were not worthy of wielding such power and his whole monologue and diatribe about male superiority and things of that nature and sovereign power. But that's enough of my ranting. Um, we go into a lot more detail on this with the conversation post movie. So let's get into that. Okay. So we just collectively watched um, The Craft Legacy. I've already seen it two times before now. Um, what are your thoughts, gentlemen? Throw the whole thing away. <laughs> <laughs> no thing. No thing out. Keep it. Uh, I thought it was predictable. It it is it, it was it was cute or whatever, but like I just I could have I didn't need it. It was. I definitely didn't need to pay twenty five dollars to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. It was cute for what it was. But it wasn't all that. It it wasn't like blockbuster groundbreaking. Well, okay, let me rephrase it. It was groundbreaking in certain ways, and we'll get into that in a second. It's very millennial driven. Yes. It's not going to develop the same cult following the original. I thought they didn't realize, wow, I'm fucking old. (laughs) I thought thought the acting was terrible. The acting was over-exaggerated. Terrible. Forced teenage. The makeup, whoever did the makeup for that movie needs to be fucking fired. Now, to the points I felt that were groundbreaking. Mm -hmm. One, having a young trans actress playing a trans character. True. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And not only... <laughs> a movie, but a movie that is based off of something that has such so much publicity and following behind it. Yes, true. Yes. Um, the bisexual, the bisexual storyline and the the slight monologue the half, he expressed. The half baked bisexual storyline. Because we're gonna get no, we get to that part in a second. We're, not... we're gonna get to that part in a second. The bisexual storyline that you don't often feel featured and how the little monologue he said had a lot of power into it where especially men are allowed to be straight or it's okay for them to be gay, but when you have bi identity, you're not you're given space. Right. You're automatically right. gay. It's like you're you're waiting to just come out as gay. You're not given space to live in your truth. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly by women, surprisingly. Yeah, because women don't know how to handle exactly but women are allowed all kinds of bisexual mm-hmm. pleasures all pleasures and exploration our girls and men don't get it right but it's also showing the narrative that's often put with lgbt people a lot of times that oh they committed suicide and da 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 that you find out the huge the other thing is there's a big bad villain in this one who is pretty much the manifestation of toxic masculinity and how he presents himself and why he says he killed him. And even the monologue he has when he's facing off against um, the four girls at the end. Right. Now, to Arsene's point... I have a question. Yes. Do you think he killed Sarah? Um, that was going to be the point I was going to get to next. Okay. 
<laughs> so, to Arsene's point, Sandy had the bisexual storyline. There was a lot of... Um, there was a huge lack of character development mm-hmm. and connection to the, the original movie that could have been expounded on in multiple ways. As far as character development, if you want to compare it to the first movie... In the first movie, we had a bit of an origin story or a purpose between all of the four girls and how they came upon magic mm-hmm. and their There's reason for it. using it. Yeah. I won't say need, their reason for using it. Right. You don't need magic. You have sure. reasons what you want to do magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, in the first movie, Bonnie's was because of her insecurities about her appearance. Uh-huh. Rochelle's was about racism. Nancy's was about being poor white trash. And and Sarah's was because that's naturally her heritage and her lineage that she was coming into at that age. So we learned that about all of the characters. In this one, the girls were kind of just doing magic for the sake of doing magic for the most part. As a hobby. A hobby, extracurricular activity, whatever you want to call it. It was like like Fifth Harmony with superpowers. It was like... (laughs) Exactly. There was no context or story given to there the four main characters. At school that do magic. It was right. the only person who got a backstory was, what was the girl's name? Lily. Lily, Lily yes. Lilith. Lilith. There was more backstory and character development with Tommy who ended up getting killed. You learned more. Even just in nonverbal communication, you had more backstory regarding Isaiah's behavior. Hold on, I just realized something. The dad's name was Adam, right? Yes. And you realize that his name is Adam and the girl's name is Lilith. Lilith was Adam's first wife in the Bobby, yes. There were a lot of interesting, in, interesting mis- mystical references. Right. But the whole context of it, as opposed to it being something about... Um, the lesson you learned in the first movie was be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. Be careful of forces you don't understand. This one, I feel, and I don't mean to come off misogynistic in any way, shape, or form by saying this, but it seemed very agenda-based. Uh, yeah. There was a huge agenda. There was a huge girl power film. There huge girl power. Stick together. I had a message. It had a message, it had the ladies stick together, it, the toxicity of masculinity and patriarchy, um, the... To be honest, I feel like a lot of movies are doing that now, especially with like the Me Too movement. Well, there's a lot more social consciousness going on in movies right. now, but... As no, I, feel was, like, I feel like movies in general, like they, most movies have a message, and the message changes with depending on the times that you live in. Yes. So, right now, these are, these are messages that, that ring true to the time that we're living But, in. though it does ring true to the time we're living in, it did come off a bit force-fed. Uh-huh. Well, I think that also goes... It, it, it came off as force-fed because, again, the writing was not very good, and the acting was not good either. What so, I will... Had it been well better written, had had the acting been better, it would not come across as 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 force fed as it did. Because like that's what a lot of movies, especially very very recently, like because they're making them so quickly. Mm-hmm. It's not that they're making them so quickly. It's just like they're just like very direct about the female empowerment message. Yes, right. and, it, and it drowns out the story of the movie. Because this is also, as opposed to the first one, 
it wasn't the in the first one the big bad of the movie was a moral concept of be right. careful what you wish for and be careful the forces you use mm-hmm. this one like had a legitimate villain this exactly. gave you very scooby doo in a way <laughs> right it was very like the Winx Club or Witch or Totally Spies where it's like the girls have to solve a mystery Captain coming. Planet. <laughs> they were missing a fifth element, honey. Oh wait, Art. Timmy died. Art. Timmy was killed. He was the fifth one because it was that they repeated Timmy the iconic was... scene of them walking to the cafeteria right. and added Timmy into that mix. I thought that was a very good throwback to the first movie. Right. Timmy was hard. <laughs> they, literally they walked into the cafeteria the only problem is in the first movie there was a little bit more cohesion with also the styling of the girls yeah. so they looked like they went together mm-hmm. uh-huh. this was very well, much like let me go back let me go back to what you guys were saying about how it felt forced like the like the gold girl power things like that uh-huh. I think the reason there, I, I don't find an issue with movies that center around girl power like messages like that I don't either I think the problem the problem why it, it felt like we, it was forced upon you is because there were no like like we stated earlier there's no character development there's no stakes in the movie uh, you don't feel emotionally attached to these characters at all at all so like there's no only person you you're not you're not really. right so no not, not even, not even, Timmy not even. I feel more emotionally attached to Timmy because he's the only person then, that then, had a true emotional point. Exactly. Even then, it wasn't even a deep point. It was, it was, we had one deep moment there where he talked about being bisexual. That was it. And I feel like had they t- taken the time to flesh out these characters better, make a better, make us feel more connected to them and, and uh, have like, more character development, then the whole aspect of, of feeling that they were forcing a message on us would not have been as, as bad. Apparent. But because these are just people that... These are just random characters that we're watching and they're, they're, they're talking about certain things. It feels like we're watching an infomercial for something. Because uh, we know the original movie, I feel like they tried to make that structure, right. but they missed they out on development. They had to spend some time building that connection with the audience. Because and I think you, that's what the problem is. If you look at the girls in the first movie, you see... Um, Bonnie struggled with her skin condition and her going through that mm-hmm. treatment, how much pain it caused her and how her confidence right. changed with the use of magic. You see how Rochelle right. was treated by the other girls exactly. on the swim team and stuff like that and how that connected to what she did magically. Right. You saw the same thing with Nancy mm-hmm. about how she wanted to change her life for the better right. but she didn't go about it wrong. She didn't think out the consequences. She was being very greedy. Because the, the, uh, the original had a lot of character development. Exactly. You and went, if, you, if you go back to the original, that is that was a girl power movie. It but was. It, it's not it's not as obvious because there's we were just we were yes. there's a story. We're connected to the characters. We learned a lot about the characters. You even learn about the lady who owns the. You even feel connected to the lady who, who owns the bookstore. Yeah, that would have been that family. would have been a great connection for them right. to have for them to take another visit to the bookstore and maybe it be right. either the same lady. Right. How did y'all even get the book? First of all, exactly. It could have been right. the same lady, or could have been a great connection would have Sarah be the one that owns the bookstore now. It it was it was mm. it was very. You watch those they, moments they made it because people know the craft. The movie, so they they're like, oh, everyone already knows. What that happened, that was. So this, we're this, just gonna fast forward and give you this. 
brighter this was, version. This was a, a, a cash grab. That's what that was. Absolutely. This was not. This was they an opportunity. This is an opportunity to, to um, monetize nostalgia. Yeah. Like the other throwback in the movie is the use of a love spell to be the catalyst for the conflict. Right. Mm-hmm. Of the movie because the catalyst of the Which, co- that part made absolutely no sense. Like y'all just had this argument out of nowhere. Well, no, the argument in the bathroom came to be, and here's another thing: because of the lack of character development, you not knowing the girl's reasoning for turning to magic. Mm-hmm. That's why the argument actually made sense, and here's why. It just came out of nowhere, though. Because the girl, it not it not no. necessarily didn't come out of nowhere. It's, but as, soon it as, like, Miss, as soon as Miss, but this is when you it get was all of a sudden, right? It was all of a sudden. But if you think about how the girls started the movie, they were very organized and particular, and precise how they were doing the magic, as though it was an extracurricular activity or like extra credit for school or something. So right. the three initial girls were serious about it, and Lily happened upon it. Just like Sarah happened upon it in the first movie. Right. Now the catalyst of the argument becomes logical because the three initial girls are so regimented in how they execute magic right. together as a collective to hear that the person you brought in separately and introduced to this decided to act on her own without you, you guys being involved is kind of a slap in the face. I think it wasn't yeah. so much, and this is sad to say, human selfishness. Mm-hmm. They weren't so much bothered by the fact that I she did the spell. The dramatics of it that bothered me. It's it's high school girls. Mm-hmm. The, no, like they they were really like going like for Academy Award acting, and I'm like, girl. And the sad part is they weren't bothered so much by. What it did to Timmy, they were bothered by the fact she did it by herself. That was the part that bothered them even more. Then the secondary issue was how irresponsible it was. And that is what I feel makes it more maniacal if you actually, and this is because of how my brain works, Adam's behavior, because Adam knew to drive that wedge between them to take away their power. Adam knew that he's dealing with immature girls that have too much power, not don't have the maturity to handle it. So he knew that doing this would drive a wedge between them. Because they laid guilt upon Lily that wasn't her guilt to carry because if you think about what um, Timmy said before he died, Timmy was fine. Can we talk about his son being in the room though? I feel like his dad put a spell on him to... Watch, watch, watch Lily. So well, he was sleepwalking, but he one was of watching. two. No, one of two things. That's one possibility. The other possibility is Lily casts a spell to be close to Timmy. When Timmy died, who was the person closest to Timmy still living? Isaiah. It, it further reinforced the consequences of using power you don't understand. Well, this is this is what I'm saying. Is like you, we should not be sitting here discussing theories about who this character is, what this character was. In doing. the first movie, There's it no, was very clear. This is what exactly. these are There's the results no of your actions. Character development. There's no character development. We don't know. We like, don't know anything. We don't know anything about like we. They were we, we know barely anything seconds. about Isaiah. We don't know anything about the little boy. We have who, more. Who who who. Kept showing up out of nowhere talking about Tommy's best friend 
We have just random people in the honest, movie. To be perfectly no honest, if you look at the movie, the two characters that technically have the most character development are honestly Timmy and Isaiah. You have an action and a reason. Isaiah. Let me let me get there. You have an action that you have the reason for the action explained. Isaiah is very standoffish and leaves the room when Timmy shows up. Timmy then reveals that him and Isaiah have hooked up. That's all. <laughs> but it's it's it still makes sense. And that's where it ends. But that's more than we got for the rest of them girls. No, I think we got more about Lilith. We even got more about the mother a little bit than we did about Isaiah and. and well, that was just those Isaiah, weren't necessary. All, we know, all I know about Isaiah is that he fucked Timmy and that he was sleepwalking. That's it. Well, no, he fucked Timmy. He was uncomfortable about the situation. And he has no personality. His father reinforced toxic messily. The reason is no personality is because any personality he would have shown would have triggered his father to do something and that's crazy. All, and that's, that's fucking that's group all, circle. That's all inferences. Like, that's all that? like con- con- that was the whole thing. Remember the title of the book? Something about masculinity or something like that. Right. It's to show the father's ideology regarding men and the power men have. Like he said, sovereign. How to harm, How to alchemize. Weakness into sovereign power. Right. His use of words was very specific and leading to patriarchy. Yep. Sovereign power, given power that it should be unquestioned, that you are born with because you have a penis in your hand. Yeah. But. Which is dumb as fuck, but. But then you turn around and have that mentality, but you have to have a female witch give you their power freely. You can't take yep. it. The one thing you can't take. That's what like all witches say. You can't take the power unless they really. That's been the mythos in almost every, even on Charmed. You saw that. Every covenant. And oh yes, yes, yes. But that was boys. True. Which that's one of the. That's one of the. That isn't that like the. Okay, let me before I say this. Let me let me clarify my statement. That is the only mainstream movie that featured a male coven. Yes. There have been many independent ones. You have the Brotherhood series, which is pretty much softcore gay porn. Pretty much. And they had witches, Absolutely. vampires, demons, and everything else. But the thing with this was, and I agree with Arsene. There's just no development. If this was like $10. Sure. Sure, that would have been cute. $25 and there's no special features or nothing? Can we get some interviews? Was Rachel True on set helping the girls out? I want a refund. I'm going to write a letter. I don't necessarily want a refund because I definitely do. Want, I want my twenty five dollars. I wanted to see it just on the principle of my love for the first movie to see exactly. where the connection was, but y'all need to do better next time y'all remake something like this. It has such a following. It's such a strong. So the question: Do you think he killed um, Sarah? I don't know. I do because there's no, there were no connecting there's points. No I mean, there's, there's no, no connecting no, points to the rest of the girls. We don't know what happened no, to Bonnie, Sarah, or Rochelle. There's no Bonnie and Sarah. I'm not Bonnie and Sarah. Bonnie and Rochelle. Did they lose their powers at the end of the first one? They, but they were like, we don't have any. Because here's here's the problem. Because Bernard uh, took their powers. No, it's more complicated. You saw it with this one. The girls' powers. Are tied to their connection. True. Their connection to each other was severed. Nancy was bound. Uh-huh. Sarah said, "Kiss my ass." <laughs> the chain is broken. True. 
And the two of them were Bonnie's little lackeys anyway, so they really had no direct access to their own power to begin with. Right. They were siphoning off of Mon- um, Sarah. I mean, not Sarah, Nancy. Mm-hmm. So, unless they joined a new coven or figured out some way to reach a higher plane. Okay, how do you have Sarah's house? The bitch probably moved. Right. She probably somewhere living with kids, happy as a plan. It's such an open-ended movie. Like, you could make up... Yes, you could that, make up. You could make up a, a theories about anything. You could say anything. How you that, could be like, the three girls are the, are the daughters of the other... Of the other. Like, you could but, literally, with enough evidence, make up anything they, about this movie. Because wanted, there's no they, character development. They want to leave it open to make a sequel. That's why they, that's why they ended like, it the way they did. Yeah. Because that could easily be all of a sudden Lilith taps into a higher power to break Nancy out of jail and find the rest of the girls and exactly. reawaken the coven and blah they, blah, they blah. Want to make, I, I feel like this movie was just a opening to re not redo, but like to make a real sequel to the original. I feel to like where the rest of the original girls come back. But if then that was the, the only case, I feel like they would have done that from the beginning. But then that's gonna be pretty much American Story, American Horror Story Apocalypse being the sequel and conclusion to Coven. Pretty much. Because what, what, what grand event could possibly bring the original girls together, especially in how they separated? Exactly. Now, here's the funny thing. Farooz Apocalypse looks exactly the same. Yeah. Rachel True look exactly the same. Rochelle. Uh-huh. Nev Campbell... She looks like. Okay. I don't remember the other girl's name. Robin Tubby? Yes. Yeah. If um, you can't do it, you can just cast Kristen Stewart because they look like they're not scratched. Well, they mentioned Kristen Stewart in the movie, so. <laughs> right, right. Um, Child, they put Chris to see what a child these angels are. Let that bitch be. I was gonna talk about that. Oh, here we go. But Charlie's yeah. Angels is another example of. No, no, no. That's what I was. When you mentioned, like, mm-hmm. well, when you mentioned the theme of, like, female empowerment, I mean, I feel like that was too on the nose. Like, Elizabeth Banks made that too much the theme of the movie. Like, there's. And Charlie's Angel, the thing about, about the movies like Charlie's Angel and The Craft, especially if you're remaking it, we already know that about these movies. And the thing I liked about the reboot is like they expanded the agency, mm-hmm. which was like if you watch the TV show, it's on the like building. It says like L.A., Tokyo, and somewhere else. So there was always other agents. But see, that's what I'm talking about. I having... didn't like that they made Bosley the villain. There's always a turncoat when 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 in doubt, make make somebody betray you. Right, but like. Spoiler alert, if you haven't watched the Charlie's Angels remix. Wait, are you still recording? Yes. Oh, <laughs> <work. laughs> My whole thing is, and but that's a perfect example of proper connection to the, the way, previous. The way they did that, I mean, the way they connected the TV shows and the other movies, I was like, okay. But at least it was done. Because like right. you said, you saw the other one had the building, that had Tokyo, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And in the reboot, they expanded agents and you showed these places existed. The only major connection in Charmed Legacy to the original movie was until the end of the damn movie. Right. Other than Sarah's house. And I look like it could have been the same school, maybe. No, the 
Again, well, whatever, fine. <laughs> the other part you notice... It's this, been remodeled. It's been this, 10 years. Mm, how many schools get remodeled? It's been more than 10 years. Yeah, they were at a Catholic school. Diocese said, fuck it, make been, it public. A lot of could happen. It's been a lot of years. The old school could have been shut down. But the other thing is, you also notice, and I call this the Disney-fying effect, when they do reboots and stuff like that, the lighting was a lot more brighter, yeah, a lot more things to place during the day. What it was. Yes. And they could have done, they could have kept the same dark, angsty story tone to this story mm-hmm. and still delivered the same mirror <laughs> they put out. The glittery bathtub thing was like supposed to be like the equivalent of the scene where they did the hair color change. Right. Um, yeah, I'll pass. And the auras. Yeah, they look like fart. But they like fart gas. <laughs> right. Okay, so on a scale of one to five broomsticks, what are we giving this? Two. Two. One point five. I will. I was just saying. No, I, I like the more now that I when I when I finished watching it, I was like, oh, this is all right, whatever. Now that I'm talking about it, I, I'm like, this is terrible. That's being generous. Right. I I will get I will give it a three, and only a three because of the representation elements, and um, how it addressed certain things, and I I will say, and how it handled the representation. Especially with the trans representation, they didn't make it a spectacle. That's one thing I like about movies nowadays. They're finally getting it that like inclusion matters with like race, gender, and mm-hmm. like sexuality. But don't make it like that's what the whole thing. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a gimmick. It was like she's just a trans person living and existing. Right. They didn't even mention it, which is they mentioned like, it. I mean, subtly, it was there a was subtle, one there was one specific mention, then there was like two hints, which I'm fine with that. That just right. means in this specific universe, she just exists. And then you also had the gender non. I mean, because you don't really need to like be like, oh, she's trans, but like, well, because everybody I was mean, when they were talking about the trans actress and the trans character, they were expecting the same character development as the first movie, and maybe her trans identity was going to be. Why she had triggered to initiate using magic. I mean, here's my... Like, we've, we've had decades upon decades upon decades of white male power movies yep. shoved in your face. Yep. So I do not... I don't care. I, I don't mind if it's, if it's... If they're shoving girl power, gay power in your face. Like, just... Make sure it's well done. Make sure it's well done, well written, and make sure that your characters are developed. That's my thing. I I'm here for girl for all the girl power movies, all the, the all that stuff. Love some girl power, right? Just exactly. Make it, good. make it good. Make it make sense. Right. Make it make sense. Have a actual I'm, story right. to tell, and not just something to throw out because of nostalgia. Right. My other issue is back to the Disney fying effect. I don't like that they made it so glitzy and colorful like that scene in the hallway where the bully is bullying the gender non-conforming person mm-hmm. and all she can muster to do is make his hoodie a rainbow that was it that's all you got sis 
That's all you got. In the first movie, we have us with hair falling out and right. people breaking legs and right. choking you, you and stuff. Him, like, flirt with him or something. Right. That, showdown that showdown between Sarah and Nancy. Could have made his really? pa- you could have made his when pants they, fall they down or something. House, like fighting each other, like, throwing was- people through mirrors, breaking stuff. At the end fight, he's surrounded by flames. I don't get like a I'm dying scream or anything like, like made, that. It's I just, feel like this just made- you just push them to their quarters and then all did a villainous monologue. I feel like this was made for the CW. Very oh, very circle. secret circle. Right. Very Riverdale. Actually, Riverdale was Wait, more riveting than this. That- not even because I would say the CW shows are even darker than yes, this. There, there was a CW show that was based well not based off the craft but like it's inspired by the craft and there was another movie that was inspired by the craft. I know the one the 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 CW show is called The Secret Circle. Yes. Um, there was a movie though I forgot the name of it. I forgot. I'll we'll look that up later. But um, final thoughts. Bitch. Okay. Final thoughts. Final thoughts is I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that being said, if you are a fan of the craft, the original, final you... thought: leave classics alone. Unless you can do them right. I won't say leave classics alone. I, I will say if you're going to do a cl- if you're going to redo a classic, because I do. Or, I do think. Or I do, do think sequel. it's good. Keep the same energy just, as the classic. I do think certain certain movies and certain shows. Do can can be can be uh, brought into the modern age. Like, I just think that you have to make it. You have to put the time into it and put the 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 proper amount of writing into it and development into it. Not just throwing some shit out just and because it's oh hey remember this exactly. <laughs> so if you're gonna remake something classic, keep the same energy as the original, right. so that you can bring new people a lot in. Of iconic remakes. It's just there could have been such a story with this movie, but. They really just dropped e- the ball with it. Even if it's not a, even if it's not a direct sequel to Suspiria, there are more connections that could have been made. There would have been shout outs to the old movie that would have made it so much better. Also, make sure you're developing the characters with the same energy you did for the originals because that that's what people look for. Mr. Part, they, I feel that was they definitely filmed two different scenes because if you watch the trailer, there's the part where they're outside. Yeah, and then there's the one where that was a that was a that was a throwaway scene for sure. All right, y'all. If you decide to watch it, let me know what you think. <laughs> Bye.